Hello and welcome to episode 11 of Becoming a Butterfly. Today I'm going to talk about sleep, which is pretty ironic because I had about five hours sleep last night and I'm exhausted. But I want to talk about sleep because I have struggled with insomnia for about, I don't know, I don't know how many years. Um, Probably since the start of uni, so 2015, like five years. Um, And before that, when I was in school... Um, I never really thought about sleep um, at all until I got ill and then I kind of used my illness and I really struck my days and I'd be really strict with my phone you know I turned my phone off when I got home from school so I didn't have to reply to anyone I'd put it down in my bedroom I literally wouldn't go on it at all I would get all my work done and then I'd go to sleep I'd wake up in the morning I wouldn't go on my phone till I got into school basically didn't really use my phone um and a lot of my friends got annoyed because they were like it was on airplane mode all the time so they were like what's the point of you even having a phone I was like I don't know what is the point of me having a phone I hated it I still do hate it um but it's very different now I use it a lot I wake up often um and the first thing I do is look at my phone I try not to go on it if I wake up at night um I'm able to get to sleep but after an hour you know there's only so much staring at a wall that you can do and a lot of people um, say to me, they're like, oh, have you tried lavender oil? Have you tried um, a nightlight? Have you tried like the changing your room temperature or not going on your phone before you go to sleep or having all technology out of the room? Um, all these different things. Yes, I've tried everything. Have you tried this tablet or that tablet or this natural medicine and that? Yes, yes and yes. You know what? I bought a pregnancy pillow in probably yeah just after final year so at the summer sorry i'm not gonna edit that out natural you know you'll have a natural podcast um i bought a pregnancy pillow in summer of 2019 because my best friend's boyfriend told me he had one and she said how good it was she used it um at uni so i was like oh my god i'm gonna buy one i bought one and it cured my insomnia okay that's a lie it didn't cure my insomnia i still struggle but it was it went a long way in helping it and nothing had done that for a long time so that was amazing that was game changing um and if you know me you know i love james smith pt and he also bought one in sydney recently and he says how much better it is for his naps and sleep so it's not just me who thinks it um, and for a long time, I never really appreciated sleep. I never understood how important it actually was. And you might be like, no, you're like, not true. But it is exactly the same as food and water. If you don't have food and water, you die. If you don't have sleep, you'll die. Trust me, you will. And you, I've actually read something somewhere that said, no, I'm not going to say it in case I get it wrong. You know what, forget it. Didn't say that. I read this book called Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker and I haven't finished it I've only read a few chapters but literally within like the first few pages I was like oh my gosh this guy is amazing he is a professor of neuroscience and psychologist and he is director of the Center for Human Sleep Science in California and he basically just kind of outlines how essential sleep is for living and he talks about like how powerful it is and about dreams and things And reading this book, I was like, wow, this guy is telling me everything that I kind of already know. But on paper, with all these kind of scientific facts and figures and things, it's it's legit, you know. And after read after reading a few, 
I want to say book, but I haven't finished the book. Um, after reading a few chapters, it just kind of came to me and I was like, I need to start prioritizing sleep. Even if I don't want to, I'm, I'm very focused in my life about prioritizing the things that matter to me. You know, sometimes I can be selfish with that, but for me, my insomnia has kind of, it's never put sleep at the top of my priority list. But after reading that book, I was like, forget what I've ever done before. This sleep is literally my number one priority. Drinking lots of water and eating good food is too, but sleep is also. Um, And for me, my insomnia comes from not like being scared to sleep, but I think I just, because I'm, I like to be so active, you know, like doing this podcast is kind of difficult for me because I sit down for hours at my desk, you know, writing notes and then recording podcasts. Um, but I'm very active. I like to move my body. I like to be doing things. If you could see me now, you know, my hands are all over the place. I'm always go, go, go. And sleep is, it's obviously your time to stop. It's your time to rest, recover, recuperate. So for me, I think my insomnia came from not wanting to do that. So while I was at university, it started when I was in first year, sorry. Um, I'd be up all night working or I'd gym really early in the morning and I'd train lacrosse um, late in the evening and I'd see friends, you know, before and after training and things. I always had plans that I didn't factor in sleep. So I never, sorry, I planned my sleep around my plans. I didn't plan my plans around my sleep, if that makes sense. Whereas now I have a diary every day in my phone and I have what time I wake up, what time I um, go to sleep. And then my plans go into that. So they come first, they're the outlines, the little boxes, and then everything else goes in the middle. And that to me is me prioritizing my sleep. And obviously sometimes it changes. But one thing I read in this book was how important it is to literally stick to your schedule. So before I read this book, I'd still stick to a a slight schedule, but it would often be Monday to Friday and then weekends would be whatever, or days I wasn't working would be whatever. And I realized from reading that book, actually, no, it doesn't matter what you're doing in the days, you have to stick to this, wake up and um, go to bed. And I have struggled a bit while I've been away in Australia, um, but not half as much as I did um, for four years back at uni and at home. And sometimes I wake up in the night. So the other day I actually woke up at about 3am and I lay in bed till half four and I was like, I'm not going to sleep. This It's just not happening. So I kind of just went on my phone and my laptop and did some stuff um, and admitted defeat. But that's not my biggest struggle with insomnia. My biggest struggle is not being able to sleep. So I'll get into bed and I'll just be staring at a wall for ages and I'll be like, okay, don't look at the clock, you know, don't figure out how much time you've got till you wake up in the morning, don't do it, don't do it. And then there's only so much, so many times you can tell yourself, don't do it until you do it. It's like, don't think of a white elephant. What are you going to do? You're going to be listening to this podcast thinking of a fucking white elephant, pardon my language. Um, But one thing that's really helped me being away in Australia and one thing that helped me when I was younger, I listened to um, audio books. So I listened to, do you remember the days of CDs? You'd get a little CD cassette player and put like your tapes in or your CDs in. I listened to that from the first like what 12 years of my life um and my parents actually had to sit <laughs> my parents will be laughing if they're listening to this I used to make them lie in the in my doorway and they'd like read the newspaper or something and they couldn't move until I'd fallen asleep and if they moved before I'd fallen asleep I'd be like where are you going what are you doing I'm not asleep yet come back so they'd have to do that whilst I was listening to my cassette or cd 
and my light was on outside and I slept with my door wide open. This happened for years. I couldn't sleep in the dark. I couldn't close the door. The landing light wasn't allowed to go off. My parents weren't allowed to move till I was asleep and I had to have a cassette player on. And this was a good 12 years of my life. Um, and I don't think I ever really outgrew that. So when I moved into a, my new, well, sorry, moved into the same house, but all redone, had a double bed. I had a much bigger bedroom and I actually stayed sleeping in my single bed for ages because it scared me going to sleep in a double bed. I'm such a small little girl. Um, it was just kind of the unknown. And this whole setting that changed was the unknown. Um, and I'd, I don't actually think it made that much difference to my sleep. But now I think if I change settings, I sleep a lot better when I change settings because I don't have any kind of rituals or learned behaviours that I have from um, that setting, if that makes sense. So my bedroom now at home, because I've had been there for a good few years, um, I do struggle a lot with going back there. So I know when I come back from Australia, I'll probably not only from jet lag, obviously, but struggle because I've had so much, so many times I've been through my, like, insomnia periods there. Um, thank God for my pregnancy pillow. Can't wait to be reunited. But I'm not coming back to England for a while. Um, anyway, yeah. So if you, it's what you associate kind of with that place and you have to kind of break these barriers down. And not only is it about, like, breaking things down um, and taking things away that are making you struggle to sleep but it's also bringing things in so when I started struggling with insomnia here in Australia I just put an audiobook on and I'm listening to Mallory Towers which is you know like a young girl's thing but I love it it gets me to sleep and it's having little things like that you know I know people who listen to podcasts and that helps them sleep don't listen to this when you go to sleep please I actually want you to listen to it I'm fine if it helps you sleep you can do that I'll let you off but yeah it's finding things that work for you and I always find it a bit infuriating when people are like oh have you tried this have you tried that and it's the simple things like turn your phone off don't go on your phone before you sleep turn your light off um temperature all things I mentioned earlier on like they are basic things but they are so important but for someone who struggles with insomnia who's done the basic things for years of their life and they don't help that can kind of be annoying so if you have a friend who you know struggles with insomnia then don't just be like, oh, your bedroom's probably a bit too hot because she's probably thought about that or he. Um, it, it's a bit, it goes a bit deeper than just like struggling to sleep for an hour or so or like one night a week or something. And on that note, I actually did write a blog post about it, of course. And like I did with my depression episode, I read out my blog post. So I think I'm going to do that for this one um, and we'll see where it takes us. So it was titled, the night is the hardest time to be alive and 4am knows all my secrets. And I wrote this in December 2018. So just under two years ago. Um, This topic is very relevant to me, especially considering the majority of my blog posts have been through, have been thought out and or written in the very early hours of the morning. These are the hours when my brain is working overtime, as one of my first therapists told me. She explained how my thoughts would surface and bother me non-stop because I won't be doing anything that can act as a barrier against them. These are the times when I'm alone, only with my mind talking to me. The world is quiet and dark outside and I've only got myself to think about. These are the hours when my mind is the strongest and insomnia becomes my friend for the night. And I actually remember writing this blog post. I was typing it out on my phone and it was about it was 4am um, and it was pitch black outside and I just remember being like, wow, 
what the hell? Like the world is so silent outside and there's just me and my brain like talking to each other. And when I talk about in this first paragraph, when I say I won't be, I'm not doing anything that's acting as a barrier, you know, in the day when you have these like thoughts and feelings and opinions or whatever, you can do stuff to distract you from those so they don't bother you too much. But when you've got insomnia um, or when you just can't sleep and this these bother, bothering you, it's a lot harder to do that. Obviously, you can get up and go for a walk, but who wants to go for a walk at 4am in the morning when it's pitch black, cold and dark outside? Actually, not me, as much as I love walking. Um, and I used to write things down. I remember I used to write them in a notepad. I'd just get really angry that I couldn't sleep and I'd start like um, scribbling all over the book. And, it, you know, it was just a bit more detrimental than it was helpful. Alas, I continue. A quote I saw online said, I've always envied people who sleep easily. Their brains must be cleaner, the floorboards of the school well swept, and the little monsters closed up in a steamer trunk at the foot of the bed. This really hit home because it made me think about the reasons why I don't sleep as early or as easily as I'd like to. During the day, I tend to follow a routine or structure day to day. I have things to do and people to see. I fill my time from morning to evening and I rarely stop to think. Then when I settle down to sleep, I start to think. And I think a lot. I go over every moment from the previous day, every word I said and how I said it, every person I came across and how I interacted, everywhere I went and what I did. Most of the time I make up scenarios and wonder how it could have gone differently and what would have happened if it did. All those should-haves, would-haves and could-haves. Reading that paragraph now actually makes me realise what's changed um, since I've been in Australia. I don't um, go over everything that happened in the day. You know, I don't really think about conversations. I don't think about what would have happened if that was different or this was different. And don't get me wrong, I do still occasionally, but not to the extent that I used to at all. And that's been a big thing for me. Um, That's really helped. Another passage I read about insomnia and late night sleeping problems said, I've got a bad case of the 3am guilt, you know, when you lie in bed awake and replay all those things you didn't do right. Because, as we all know, nothing solves insomnia like a nice glass, (laughs) a nice warm glass of regret, depression and self-loathing. Now this surprised me. A few months ago, I would have 110% agreed that the hours I'm awake at night are the hours I'm regretting things, depressing things and loathing things. The past few weeks and months, though, have been slightly different. They're still the same in terms of being exhausted yet struggling to sleep, but they differ in the way I think during those painful early hours. I'm starting to think about the positives from the previous day, the enjoyment I got from that day, any standout moments or interactions that happened and what I learned from it all. Those 3am guilts have turned into 3am gratitudes and despite still waking up very disgruntled with sore eyes, I wake up a little less bothered that I'm lacking sleep and a little more positive. Now that paragraph really resonates with me at the moment. So, for example, last night I had five hours sleep. Two days ago, I woke up at 3am. Previously, it would have been because I felt rubbish, you know, I'm beating myself up about something, um, I'm really struggling. But actually, I wake up and I think, okay, five hours sleep sucks. It's half of what I could do with a, a night, but it's not the end of the world. We carry on. And I'm not saying that that should be your attitude, you know, five hours sleep, you carry on. But it's a lot easier to carry on when you're kind of positive um, and positive that it's not your everyday thing. So obviously when I was waking up at three, sorry, when I wasn't going to sleep till 3 a.m. or waking up at 3 or 4 a.m., um, I was in a very bad, bad headspace. So it was very hard for me to be positive and, pre- and that it was a lot more common. You know, it happened every night or it happened every other night. But now it doesn't happen every, it doesn't happen that often. 
it's easier for me to kind of look back and be like, okay, one bad night's sleep, we we carry on. But one thing I did read in this book by Matt Walker was that you can't make up for sleep. So, you know, when someone's like, oh, I slept five hours, it's fine, I'll sleep 15 and make up for it. No. Sleep every evening is very much like periodic. It's very separate. Um, so I've missed out on a good five hours of sleep last night. I'm never going to get that back. And it's quite scary because his book tells you, you know, how significant sleep can be for longevity longevity i don't know how to say that word sorry dyslexic um but yeah his book kind of really sends really sends home some truths and you think wow my life could really improve for the better if i didn't struggle so much with sleep and it really does motivate you to improve your sleep carrying on with the blog post now it's not all fairy tales and happy endings some nights i do lie in bed and think quite negatively this is usually run by that unfriendly mind trying to tempt me to binge or hurt myself or fill my thoughts with guilt or make me feel lonely i must say in there um my bin that's kind of changed i don't struggle with binge eating too much anymore and i don't hurt myself anymore so but that was at the point that was at the time um anyway I used to let these thoughts and actions run free, take control and do what they led me to. But now I'm learning to react. Despite experts telling you to stay in bed and keep as still as possible so you don't disrupt your chances of sleeping, being awake at 3am doesn't mean lying in bed letting those thoughts take over. I've started to get up and get some water and listen to the world outside, write things down in a new diary, read a light-hearted book and laugh, watch a movie, speak to friends, if anyone else is up. Often people in like america and other countries um plan my future a girl can still dream when that she's awake right fill my diary with fun things look at my wardrobe and find cute outfits scan old photos remember happy memories whatever i do i aim to take the pain away being awake at 3 a.m and this is a big thing that i still do i love looking back at old photos and remembering happy memories and sometimes i do get sad you know i listen to music and i get a bit like nostalgic but writing things down you know maybe planning podcast now um i've done that in the early hours or planning an instagram post or talking to friends back in england um it's not helpful um for not being able to sleep but the more you lie in bed and kind of let the lack of sleep and insomnia eat away at you the harder it gets um for you to get through that so i've found that if i just kind of accept that i'm not going to go back to sleep uh, don't get me wrong I'll try I'll try for a good like hour or two to get back to sleep but once I've accepted that it's not going to happen then I do kind of try and actively do something to take my mind off that and stay positive because even if I do wake up and I'm like okay stay positive you know it sucks I've woken up I'll try to get back to sleep and I can't then as long as I lie there trying to be positive I'm just not going to be like there's nothing positive about not being able to sleep at the end of the day Third and final quote reads, that's the advantage of insomnia. People who go to bed early always complain that the night is too short. But for those of us who stay up all night, it can feel as long as a lifetime. You get a lot done. Now, I know I'm not alone in being awake during such early hours. Many people I know, myself included, have previously tried things such as alcohol, food, tablets, etc. to take their mind off their scary thoughts and distract them or send themselves to sleep. Now, I just want to highlight that this isn't the answer and you don't have to rush to get to sleep. Yes, it's painful being awake when all you want to do is sleep. It's hard waking up when you've hardly had any sleep and it's even harder trying to be productive. But what's the point in lying in bed, having your negative thoughts take over and letting yourself fall into that scary place? Since you're awake, treat it like you would during the day, to an extent. 
Do whatever you can to take your mind off it, but make sure that it has a positive effect and leaves you feeling soothed when you can finally get some sleep. And to me, that last paragraph is essential. My friends tell me like they didn't physically beat themselves up, um, but they really, really struggle with the concept of not having enough sleep. And reading this book kind of, it did scare me a bit, you know, thinking like, wow, how much sleep I've lost out on and how detrimental it can be. But at the end of the day, when you really do struggle with insomnia, um, it, it like life sucks at times. And that is one of the times when life sucks. There's sometimes nothing you can do to beat it or battle it, especially not like in the night. Like I was saying in the previous podcast, nothing change doesn't happen there and then it happens over time. So during that night when you wake up or you can't get to sleep, it's not going to change there and then, you know, you're not just going to suddenly overcome insomnia in that moment. So you kind of have to do accept it and do something actively to be a little positive about it. And on that note, I'm going to finish. I hope you kind of took something from that, understood a bit more about like insomnia and sleep and maybe, I don't know, took some hints or tips or whatever if you struggle. Um, Please let me know if you have any questions or whatever. I realise I haven't actually done that on my Instagram for a while. And if you did like the podcast, please let me know too and also rate it on Apple Podcasts. I hope you enjoyed it and have a lovely day.